0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL
1: Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM. And it's time to talk some college football here. The playoff is set. We know our four and the whole bowl season is set. Let's talk about it after kansas state upsets tcu in the big 12 title game joining us on the getmyphoenix.com guest line is michael felder of field of 12 the phoenix a revolutionary technology helping men all across america get back to their best in the bedroom visit getmyphoenix.com to learn more michael we'll start with this were you surprised tcu still made it in after losing and if you were running the committee how would you have ordered the teams because a lot of people are surprised tcu not only is in but still is at number three
2: yeah, um, I was surprised that they got that they got in uh, because I thought the committee was going to try to do the easy thing, right? Which is put Alabama in, which would have been, which would have just been, you know, super tall, big names, all big names across the board, and that would have made you know a lot of sense financially. But what I do think they did is they they found another way. And you go back to the BCS two thousand and seven LSU, uh, a two loss LSU team wins a national championship, and the tagline for them was undefeated in regulation. And so I think TCU was able to say the same thing. I think it's an interesting note, but I do think what they were able to do is instead of having people complain about not letting anybody in and it being just kind of the old boys club and only the big names and taking care of the big names and protecting the brands. Now you give all those folks and it happened a year ago with Cincinnati, which was undeniable, a team that had to get in, but it's happening this year as well, where you get a little Cinderella story. So all those teams that, are quote unquote, the little guy, or one of those that doesn't look look quite like the other. They've got hope and all you have to do is give buddy a little drop of hope and they'll keep walking through the desert.
0: Uh, so what's gonna change once we get to expansion? Is it still gonna be one smaller school or, or a team that is viewed as a Cinderella once we get to expansion? Or are we gonna see two to three of those? And uh, the one thing that, that could be a negative, I think everybody's excited about it overall, but one thing that could be a, a negative is the week-to-week conversation. When you have that, that line of demarcation at four, it, it, it lends to so many people reacting to the rankings uh, the next morning. And a lot of people were checking in right before the NFL started about what these rankings would be. It does feel like you'll lose a lot of that.
2: Yeah, I, I think that – well, here's the thing. It, it, it's, I think you're going to expand the pool – Uh, which is, you know, listen, you're going to expand the pool. Uh, I just don't think they're going to be as deep. And what what I say with respect to that is, um, listen, there's, there are going to be more teams involved, which means, you know, ESPN will get to send more people to the, to different sites to, to get team reaction to who's in, who's out. Did you get in? What have you? We'll see. It'll be like when Marty Smith just wasn't on air anymore. Once they realized Alabama wasn't going to make it to the playoff. But uh, I think think the big key is going to be, um, the big key for that will be how they – how they, not just reveal, but over the course of what is from October through November all the way to that last, that first week of December – or first weekend in December, uh, what we're going to be looking at it, we're going to be seeing a lot more teams with an opportunity, a lot more teams with it on their racket. Like I just pulled up the rankings right now. We're looking at – we'd be all the way down to Washington, right? So Washington, Penn State, all these teams would still be in the mix, and they'd be excited. Utah, another team that I don't think anybody wants to play. I don't think anybody would sign up to play them. So – you look at that, and then obviously Alabama coming out with a vengeance, and so you're going to get this mishmash, but I think it's going to be interesting because Washington Penn State, what are you going to do with Tulane? Tulane's going to have to take somebody's place in that, and that's going to be where the controversy comes in, is who gets bumped out for that group of five, or how many group of five teams can can rise up to get in there.
0: I know we're going to continue the conversation on the college football playoff and bowl season, but I've Got to get your reaction, Deion Sanders to Colorado. We're seeing all the clips. What have been your immediate takeaways so far and how you will rate this Colorado team moving forward?
2: I'm curious to see what happens. Obviously, signing days in what, a couple weeks? I just booked travel for I got to do a couple signing day shows. So it's, it's I'll see what, well, first off, we got to see what effect he immediately has on them from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, second is going to be what he does in the transfer portal. It's been, I, listen, you guys are lucky that you guys, you got, you can bop around, you do the NFL, you get to talk about it. All the, I'm just college football and trying to handle the portal with recruiting is a nightmare. Mm. So we'll see what Deion's able to do in the portal. We'll see who he's able to entice. And more, more specifically, we'll see what they're able to do from a um, NIL standpoint, because that was a big helper for him when he was at Jackson State. So I think it's going to be interesting. I know that there are a lot of HBCU f- people that are, quite frankly, very upset by him. Um, because he came in talking about lift raising all HBCUs and he's gonna be here. He wants to lift up the and he did. He raised the profile of Jackson State. He raised the profile, got them on national TV, not on ESPN Plus, not on BT, not on you know some side channel. He got them on on it. He had an ESP they had a couple ESPN two games. Game Day came there. He did help elevate the profile, but as soon as he got an offer, he took off. And I think that's the part that, that a lot of folks at HBCUs are gonna be hurt by, especially when he took off for Colorado. Um, if it, if it had been a job of, of note of prestige, I don't think people would have been as bothered, but taking that Colorado job, which has been in a really rough spot with the exception of the Mike McIntyre year, Mike Good grief. Was that six years ago? I guess where they were with, when they had that really good year where they played in the Pac-12 championship game I, outside of that, they've had a really, they've been in the woods for a while.
0: Just following up. Do you think he needs to recruit and bring some of these HBCU players with him?
2: Yeah, I'm curious to see who comes with him from Jackson State. I, I really do want to see how many guys does he get to come along with him. How many guys does he want to bring with him, and how do those guys mesh with the current, the existing roster at Colorado? I think it's going to be interesting whether it's guys that he played against that he liked, that he's going to call those guys up and see if they want to hit the portal to come with him. Guys that are on his roster they like that he can bring with them. So this is going to be really interesting for Coach Prime. This is also a different beast. You know, this is this is this is the Pac-12. This is not not the swag, and I'm, that's no disrespect, but this is going to be – it's a whole – this is a whole other ball game, and you got a lot more things that you got to deal with and a lot bigger eyes on you.
1: So with that, and, and I've wondered this. I mean, I, I think it's an awesome story what he's doing. It, it, it brings a – it's a cool story for college football. Do you think he can coach – and I'm not disparaging what he did at, 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 at Jackson State, but you would think if he could get good players to come to a school that didn't have good players and he's in a conference that doesn't have a lot of great talent, Talent might overwhelm, right? He may have just overwhelmed by his recruiting, his his reach, his star. But he's going to go to the Pac-12 now. He's going to play Utah. He's going to play Oregon. He's, he's going to have to coach. Do you know yet? What's your What's your gut on this? Do you think he can coach? We know we can bring talent, but can he coach?
2: I don't know. I, I truly do not know. I don't know if he can coach. And that's the part. I know that he can recruit. I know that he can sell a program. I know he can sell kids on a program. I know that he can overwhelm you with talent. I've watched a couple Jackson State games and I was they were they're just better, right? They were they were better than the than the than who their opponent. And I think it's this is that's going to be honestly I'm glad you brought that up, Joe, cuz the reality of it is is that's what I want to see. I want to see what happens when he's in a in a tight ball game against a Lincoln Riley, in a tight ball game against the Kyle Whittingham, in a tight ball game uh you know uh, uh, against uh Dan Lanning. What does this look like? What is he what decisions does he make? What does it look like on the sidelines? Mm-hmm. So, I'm very curious to see about that because This is a proving ground and I'm ready to rock and roll. What does it look like even, what does it look like against Jed Fish who did some, at the back end of the season, Arizona was a lot better than a lot of folks realize and people aren't paying attention, but I know Jed Fish can coach. I'm very curious to see what Coach Prime can do.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Uh, tough to uh, handicap a lot of these uh, bowl games without knowing who's going to be actually playing. But w- one thing we do know is uh, is about the two playoff uh, matchups. So let's go yeah. back to uh, New Year's New Year's Eve. So the point spread has come down uh, in support of TCU a little bit. I find that interesting. Uh, Michigan yeah. is favored by seven and a half against TCU, and Georgia is favored by less than a touchdown against Ohio State. The number is six and a half. Uh, do you do you have a favorite? Uh, a favorite team, or any uh, at first blush, any way that, that you think you have an opinion on uh, on how these are going to play out.
2: Seven and a half. Uh, TCU Michigan's interesting. I, I look if Michigan's win, if if you if Michigan wins, they're going to win by probably more than seven and a half. That's the reality. If Michigan wins this football game, mm-hmm. they're going to win. By, they're going to probably win by ten points, maybe thirteen. If TCU is able to find a way to win this game and. The way that the TCU wins, and I know we're going to talk about this as we get, you know, we've got a long time before these games that happen on New Year's, but TCU is going to have to be incredibly explosive. They're going to have to put Michigan in conflict. But to me, if TCU wins, it's going to be a one-score game and they're hanging out the end, which is has been what a lot of their contests have been this year. They're very comfortable in that position. We saw it. This is a team that I thought was completely done. They were completely out of that game against K-State, and what do they do? Max Duggan puts the team on his back like Marshawn Lynch and just, listen, there we go. Like, he just did his whole – He put it. He put the team on his back. So it was one of those things that just. This is a team that's comfortable playing from behind. They're explosive enough to play from behind, but if they can get on top of Michigan, they can hang on to win. So I think this is going to be an interesting one. Mm -hmm. I would say if I'm going to if I'm going to play early, I would say I would take Michigan and lay the points. But if you really believe in TCU, go ahead and go ahead and go ahead and eat it up. I think I think it's good on either side, depending on how you feel about them. I think both can be true. I just think the way these wins look are completely different Michigan if they win it's gonna be uh, some true domination for TCU they're gonna to to, they're gonna to to scoot by
0: what about Ohio State Georgia Ohio State six and a half point dogs the total 61 and a half
2: I would go with the with the over 61 and a half I, I think but I think these teams are going to score more points the way that I and this is a this is my galaxy brain of 61 and a half that's what that's that's 30 to 30 plus one and a half like that's 31 that's 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 32 to 30 in a football game uh, these teams obviously we saw Georgia's cable scored 50 uh, we know Ohio State's cable scored you know 50 as well I look at this and the big thing for me with respect to Georgia with respect to Ohio State is I think that both of these teams in different ways are capable of creating explosive plays obviously we are we there were rumors that we might see Jackson Smith and Jigba He's officially declared for the NFL draft. The press conference came right after I hit Send on the, on maybe he plays. I was like, oh no, oh, thanks. Good. I got to change that. But you know, it's um, but still with Marvin Harrison Jr. with two healthy running backs, um, uh, the big key for me is gonna be CJ Stroud. If he can get on the move, put Georgia in conflict, and then create play, create plays down the field, they have an opportunity to be incredibly explosive. I don't think Georgia's gonna hold them under 30 points. Uh, and then on the flip side of that, Georgia, when they want to, they can score. So if you can't hold Ohio State under 30, and Georgia I don't think is going to score under 30, we're right there at the number. I think we can go over on the number.
1: So I saw um, a week before they played Michigan, a potential look-ahead line, Ohio State-Georgia. The sports book made it. Like, if these two teams play in the playoffs, what would it be? Mm -hmm. It was three. Now they lost to Michigan. They got embarrassed by Michigan. Now it is six and a half. Now you said you like the over. As far as the game itself, do you think this line is right? I mean, obviously the loss to Michigan changed Ohio State's season. They barely made the playoff, but just interesting. Three, you know, two weeks later, three weeks later, we're at six and a half now. Same two teams.
2: I think there's two things that, that two things at play. One of those is the way that Michigan was able to be physical up front and create explosive plays in their run game, which means Ohio State they made mistakes and they were able to create space because Ohio State made mistakes, and that led to some of those big runs. And obviously, missed tackle led to the big the big completion, I believe, to Ronnie Bell, excuse me, no, to Cornelius uh, Johnson. So those those plays are huge. You have to have those plays. Um, and Georgia's not going to do this. Georgia won't – Georgia's not going to do that. So I, I think that Georgia's not going to play on the edge the way that Michigan was able to with that missed tackle play, and Ohio State – is got to be more worried about the interior. Georgia's going to focus on the interior. They're going to make you make mistakes inside. Oh, and by the way, I think this is honestly, I think this is the biggest difference. If Michigan can push you around with their tight ends, what's Georgia going to do? What's Georgia going to do when they put Broderick Jones, who might be the first tackle off the board, Darnell Washington, and Brock Bowers when they put those guys side by side by side and then they just get a push on that left side of the offensive line? That's that's 600 and something pounds of just a huge dude just running around making plays. So it just is – it's it's wild to see what they're able to do. Um, I think the number moves also because Georgia's decided that they if they want to be explosive, they can. And we've seen that the last couple of weeks.
0: Michael, I'm really looking ahead with this one, but I can't help it because uh, it's been on my mind. Uh, thinking about the Chicago Bears right now, they would have the number two pick, and they would have a very high pick, and they don't need a quarterback because they, they have Justin Fields. So, if uh, you're starting over with the team, you don't need a quarterback, you've got a very high draft pick, are you starting off with Jalen Carter or Will Anderson?
2: I, I literally – I just wrote down – he's going to ask me Jalen Carter or Will Anderson. I just wrote, I just wrote <laughs> it down. Like, I'm not, not joking. Literally right here, I was like, this is what – I was like, this is what he's going to ask me about. I knew it. As soon as you started yep. talking about it. Um. Whew. Will Anderson is uh he's a specimen. He is like he's got a body that I've I've never seen. I'm trying I have there are not very many guys that, whose bodies that look like his. I mean, he's got that wasp body, broad shoulders, high up top, thin waist, big legs. He comes off the edge with with a vengeance. He's he's explosive. Jay, he has, but he can he does a thing and he does it really, really well. Um he can get to the quarterback. We place a premium on that, obviously. This is a guy that he can disrupt, he can be a game wrecker all by himself. Jalen Carter, Mm -hmm. I think, can play from a five all the way to a one, maybe a zero in a pass rush situation. And that, to me, provides some value. I think it's got to be what you're looking for. And for me, when I look at this, I've been Will Anderson all the way, all the way, all the way. But I think Jalen Carter is going to probably end up being the play because he's someone that you can fit anywhere along this defensive line. And he's got the ability to play every single position with the exception of standing up coming off the edge he's got the ability to play from a five to a one
1: it's hard to. it seems like they can't go wrong i mean that it just seems like we're going to have a star building block on the defensive side michael we always appreciate hopping on i'm sure we'll catch up again before the bulls get rolling michael felder field of 12 on the get my phoenix.com guest line the phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the veterans Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more on the other side with NFL Week 14 line moves right here on the BetQL Network.
0: We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by MGM on the BetQL Network.